welcome to episode six of Bet Bears Cheltenham Broadcast, our eighth and our final episode as well, which I'm very sad about that we won't be doing this again. But on a positive, it is the fact that we are now only one week away from the 2022 Cheltenham Festival. So we're nearly reaching boiling point. And for that reason, and because we've already covered most of the races in our previous episodes, we'll be handing the reins of this show over to our listeners this week. So it's your questions will be answering today and I will be answering these questions in the company of Timeform's Dan Barber, betting.betfair contributor Daryl Carter and Betfair's Alan Conway and the lads will also be giving their naps and their best bets as well so we better get cracking on then with your questions and we begin with Charlie Flanagan when and he asks when not if the ground goes soft what is the bet of the meeting? So Charlie is very sure there that there is going to be significant rainfall between now and the festival. So Daryl, starting with you, please, your best soft ground bet of the week for Charlie. Oh, uh, the devil's coachman in the, in the Coral Cup. I think uh, I was so impressed with what he did in the Boyne Hurdles the last day. Um, I'm, I'm considering backing him regardless of the crown, to be honest. But just, just to touch on the ground, I, I do genuinely, I'm a big believer that every single horse has optimal conditions and has the right conditions to perform to their best. But the very, very best horses in terms of the grade one horses you're going to see next week, I, I'm not entirely sure it's a, it's a huge factor unless, you know, it completely goes one of the two extremes which i don't think they're allowed so mm. uh, um yeah I, i'd say the devil's coachman i think he's uh i think he could be a graded horse in the handicap oh god punchy start <laughs> then from daryl that yeah. is exactly what we wanted first time up dan soft ground performer uh well my my attempts at weather forecast i don't think very went very well i tried to do it a couple of weeks ago <laughs> I, I picked out spots of rain according to the bbc two-week forecast i looked at it again yesterday and it's all bright sunshine so I think we've in some sort of parallel universe here where it may rain, but it seems highly unlikely. But if it does, I think it would strengthen my confidence in field or in a triumph whereby it's the Friday, the ground's been raced on the day before. It may be a test of stamina. And I think that would be more in his favour than his old rival Vauban. So probably him and the triumph generally, because it may even, if it's bottomless, bring in a horse like Porticello, who otherwise I don't think has got much of a chance. Um, so field door more conclusively for me, I think I think it would make a big difference and help him reverse that form. You know what, that was the one horse I was hoping you were going to say with this question after we talked about the try previously and trying to bring then Fildor's stamina up to play them with Boban and Pied Piper as well. So I'm delighted that Dan has, has given the answer I really wanted for that. Thanks, Dan. Alan, soft ground. I just hope it rains enough for Calvin to win the, the Cheltenham Gold Cup. I know Tony Galvin, as he should be known. Tony Galvin. <laughs> Tony Galvin. Tony Galvin. <laughs> St- stays, stays, better, stays better than his namesake. <laughs> but yeah, no. Who's a classier operator, though? <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that for another day. We'll leave that for another time. <laughs> but I, ju- I just think, I know I know Gordon has talked about how much speed he has, but... Um, he he looks to have bottom the stamina, doesn't he? And you could just imagine yeah. if if the rain does arrive, he could he could ground the rest of his Gold Cup challenges into, into submission. So Galvin for me. Go. Cool. So emphasis then on stamina for a few of the lads. Then with their soft ground bets. So we'll move on to our next question. Peter Gorman, this is for what is the best short price favorite to lay? So Dan, starting with you here, please. Your best short price favorite to lay. I've not um I've toyed with this one quite a bit because there aren't any in in the markets, which are just who's going to win this race, where I'm thinking, oh, I'm mad against that. Not mad against Honeysuckle, uh, not mad against Alaho, but I'm going to go a bit 
quirky here and say the the fav I want to take on is in the betting without market in the champion hurdle and it's appreciate it <gasps> just because the way, I, the, way I, the way I approach that race um, and those markets are which who's the vulnerable favourite in that market and I don't think it's honeysuckle in the outright market I think appreciate it obviously the prices tell you this is a more vulnerable favourite in the without market because yes he might be a very good horse he showed it in the supreme but there are also lots of doubts about him i think there's quite a big blowout potential not seen him for a year they said they wanted to go chase him but he's had setbacks that have been documented he's going to be ridden aggressively how fresh will he be he might he might run himself into the ground and how how well is he physically to that end because we're not seeing him for a year and it's almost like well we're not going chasing we want to give him a run at Cheltenham. and we're going to go for the champion hurdle. So I think he could blow out and him at seven to four-ish. I mean, this that's as good as I could do for horses that I was happy to oppose at a short price. Yes, yeah, so Dan's going a bit of a curveball. They're going with the betting without market favourite to lay then for appreciate it. But I see totally where you're coming from on that basis. Daryl, you're laughing or are you... What was that? Well, that was kind of a He's just showing us the head. words on his... He just showed us yeah, his t-shirt. I just well, saw it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought this isn't a YouTube that we're putting out. <laughs> I hope oh. I don't struggle to read with that one because he might think you just swore at them. Oh, <laughs> I'm devastated Dan said that about appreciate because I quite fancy him to, to put up to Honeysuckle. No, I um, swear, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying it because I think, I just think there's more downside to him in terms of profile than there is Honeysuckle, that's all. Don't listen to him. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, I, I, I've gone a little bit out of the box with this one as well, I think. Um, well, it's not really out of the box. Uh, I think the lay is Shishkin. And the reason I say this is I think he's a lay to back horse, right? So he, tra- he, he tra- um, traded at about 7.1 at Ascot in running. Um, on the day, I think they're going to try and take him on. So I think he's probably going to be pushed out anyway. Yeah. But the horse has in seven of his last eight races, he's running against four rivals. So I think he's going to have a few traffic problems. We know he hits that little bit of a flat spot in his race. Um, and I'm just wondering, depending on the size of the field on the day, could he get caught in a little bit of traffic? And therefore, is his price going to, you know, rock it out a little bit at a certain point in the race? Uh, I can see him coming home very, very strongly. So I just, I think he's going to trade bigger than his current odds on price tag at the moment. So I would lay him and back him in running fastest finger first i love how the lads have taken this and they put their own spin on this question rather than just sticking <laughs> with a straight lay of an odd gone shot backing to the uh, laying to back then for shishkin for daryl in the champion chase which is a really interesting angle actually with that that's what he's probably going to hit alan i'm going to start nice and early and constitution hill where you have gas, gasps Oops. around well just because if if all the horses that are supposed to turn up do turn up. It's going to take an exceptional performance from one horse to win that supreme novices, isn't it? So, we have a Darren. We're talking. Will Sir Gerhard turn up? He's eight point two. I think I checked on the Betfair Exchange to run in the race. Dysart Dynamo was very impressive winning the Moscow Flyer. We've talked at length about John Bond, the good and the bad about him as well. <laughs> oh, and it's <laughs> if they do get there, it's going to be a brilliant start to the meeting and. You can just imagine three or four of them coming to the last, and that's when we'll find out if if, if Constitution Hill et al. are all they're cracked up to be. So Constitution Hill for me. 
Thanks for pouring cold water all over my fancy, Alan. I appreciate <laughs> it. I'm not sure I'll know what's going to win that race, even when it's been run. I think mm. I'll still be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. De- de- definitely hitting the, the record point for now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it, I, I don't know. Um, next question, therefore. Chelp Mental, who is probably one of the best meme pages on Twitter ever. Some of the content Chelp Mental has created has been wonderful over the last few weeks. And Chelp Mental asks... What will be the biggest winning margin and by who? So, Alan, I'll throw that one to you then, please. The biggest winning margin and by who? I would say Alaho again. As boring as it may sound, he was electric last year around Mm -hmm. Cheltenham. We've done a a couple of um, greatest races on on Betfair Race, and then we were looking at at Vitor's JLT performance all those years ago, and Alaho was similarly brilliant, albeit in a different race last year. He he was exceptional, wasn't he? Um, yeah. You can just imagine if everything were to turn in his favour, he's very, very bomb-proof, isn't he? And you just hope we all go to tell him to see exceptional performances, horses and memories that are made there. And you could, I just hope he goes and proves what an exceptional animal he is. So it would be Alaho for me. It was 12 lengths last year. You're giving him more or less than 12 lengths this year? I'll it's go beat, I reckon. I'll go 10. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Alan's going 10 lengths, so slightly less impressive than last year. Uh, uh, Daryl, definitely less impressive than last year for you then, so your winning margin. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Surely sorry to Burley, is it? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It should be by now. Honestly, this is what this is. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna say it, but this is one of the bets of the week. Restrain yourself, though. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. I can't. I'm so excited. Um, yeah, let's go to Potemps side of Berlay and the Potemps biggest winner. I think Alaho gets bit. There's too many people that think this horse is a good thing, Alaho. And I know this is going to get clipped just as I'm saying it, but, but there's too many people that think this horse is a good thing. It's going to end in tears. I could just see it ended in tears. And I think oh, you get beat. On what basis? Mm. There is absolutely no basis other than gut. <laughs> you know what? Do you know what, right? I, I'm, I'm the type of person that. If everybody fancies a horse, right, I, I try and avoid it like the plague. You can because, carry. Yeah, because it just it just doesn't work that way. It, it, the more people that agree on a horse's chance to win, it, it just doesn't work out. And everybody's, for some reason, I don't think punters should be running scared of one horse anyway. I know he was exceptional last year, but he only beat Janet Dillon and John Durkin by two levels. That's the horse I fancy, as you can tell. But um, <laughs> I just think I just think when everyone thinks it's a good thing, I think it's time to be worried. Oh, I think, yeah, <laughs> to be fair, that's not, a, that's not a bad angle to take because as you say then, it's, it's just sort of a given that it's a done thing then with a horse like Alaho, isn't it? That they're going to be an absolute search. And we saw even last year of Envoy LN, it's no such thing as a search. So Daryl's going side of Burley for the original question, but just happens to get in there, a complete digger Alaho then. Yeah, sorry. Uh, to get overturned. <laughs> no, it's absolutely fine. That's what we're here for, Daryl. So thank you for that. Dan, your biggest winning margin. Oh, this is a thinker, isn't it? Um, I could see Ellie Bay potentially, if Mount Ida does... Mount Ida things and Concertista doesn't cope with the big fences. I can see that. Um, it's not going to be a shorter distance race, is it? I mean, it's not going to be a triumph hurdle or a, or a champion hurdle because they just don't have the chance to get strung out. I probably have to go with that, but I'm trying to think on my feet now and I can't, I don't think I can better that. I'd love to say Edward Stone, give my love for him. I'd like to see him. <laughs> And win that Arkle by 25 lengths. The other option for me would be Gallop under Champ. Because if he jumps as well as he has done so far and Bob Ollinger doesn't, 
then yeah. that might be a very one-sided affair. But yeah. I'll stick with my original shout. Yeah, I like that Bob Ollinger galloping to chomp though, because Bob Ollinger does, God forbid, we don't want him to hit the deck, but if his jumping does let him down, then yeah, that could be a wide margin of galloping to chomp. And Venetia anyway. looks like she's going the the longer race now, I think, isn't she, to avoid yeah. with long rest, yeah. to, as, as Daryl hoped and, she would have been. And Bracey Asker in the Arkle. And is she, is there anyone yeah. she hasn't shafted? Don't even get me started today. I've had an <laughs> will, the please, Venetia, will the real Venetia Williams please stand up? My God. <laughs> She's just messing with all of us, making us all look like fools. And it's, it's treason. Treason. Treason, it is. Oh, Maybe she'll have wrong. a last laugh, but we will come off worse anyway. Right, next question. This is for both Alex Keating and Nick Ganderton. A festival lucky 15 from each of you. So if you don't mind, lads, I'm going to kickstart us um, because I don't want any of you to steal my race. Not that Alan's going to steal it because it's Constitution Hill on the oh, Controversial. <laughs> you're welcome. I'm sorry. Well, right, Daryl, you're up next. Your selection, please, for our Raw Cast Lucky 15. Oh, I'm going to get in here before Dan does. And I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say side to Burley. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I don't, Dan, was that getting in there before you? Um, you possibly, but I didn't want to. Dump, I didn't want to go with a potential nap because it's sort of revealed for later. So I'll go with field door in the triumph. Why not? Oh yeah. If this is an each way lucky fifteen, this has got a great shape to it. Side yeah. of Burley, you, you have to. They're gonna have to fall over to not be placed. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. Okay, we'll make this an each way lucky fifteen, and you can just play it normally if you want. Alan, complete it for us. Galvin. In the gold. Oh yeah, perfect. There we go. lucky fifteen. Right, we've got we've <laughs> we've blown this up big then for you, Alex and Nick. So you're very very welcome. Uh, hopefully it comes off. Michael Tom's up next. Does Gordon really want to run conflated in the Gold Cup because he thinks he can win it, or just to keep Jack Kennedy off Manella Indo? And he goes on to say that he knows who he would want on Manella between Jack and Robbie Power. So Michael is throwing the cat among the pigeons here. Dan, does Michael have a point there, or is there uh, is there something else at play? <laughs> not a clue. I've not spoken to Gordon. I've not. <laughs> I've never spoken to him in my life. I've not spoken to Jack Kennedy in my life, and no, I've spoken to Robbie Power in my life. So apart from that, I've got all the inside info, and I can guarantee <laughs> that. I, I think Gordon runs anything. Probably just wants runners in the Gold Cup, doesn't he? Because it's he's won it with Don Cossack. It's the feature race. And he's won a recognised try. I don't think he'd stay if they drove him round, but I yeah, can see I why they, <laughs> can see why he might want to go for it. Yeah, no, totally agree. I think I think the O'Leary's will probably get their way anyway and send him to the right air. So yeah, Daryl, do you have a mole in, in the Elliot camp to know? Yeah, oh, no, not definitely not me. I just I'll just say though that it's the gold cup is the gold cup. It's the same reason why they're running the looks of I right in there. And that I mean the goal you, if you've got a horse that's won a an Irish gold cup, you just you've got to surely you gotta go that way, haven't you? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's only one gold cup, so who knows? Mm. <laughs> Alan, any further thoughts? <laughs> well, surely, if you have a gold cup horse or aspirations to be a gold cup horse, you have to run it. As Envoy Alan proved last year, you know, the, the horror fences are there to be jumped, so God knows yeah. what can happen. And he was impressive at Leopardstown, so go for it, go for the big yeah. one. You might only get one shot at it. Exactly. So, so yeah, we don't think there's anything funny at play here. Why Gordon wants, um, yeah, conflated therefore to run on that basis. But I do like the theory, though, Michael. I think that's uh, that's properly thrown it open. Right, John Clay is up next. Who or what is your most overrated banker or your best lay of the four days? So this is a good one, Alan. Uh, would you like to take this question? Your most overrated banker or lay of the week? 
I was going to say Constitution Hill. Roman slang either. <laughs> I was going to say Constitution Hill, Kate, but you might not talk to me again. No, so. I won't. Talk to you. Don't be dead. <laughs> um, my lay of the meeting, if both horses get there, is Bob Ollinger. I think Gallop and the Shams will gallop all over any rivals that he takes on at Cheltenham. So if they both get there healthy and hearty, Bob Ollinger won't see which way Gallop and the Shams goes. Oh, so he's kind of so he's a bit of both for you, really. He's a most yeah. overrated sort of banker and a lay. Thanks for avoiding constitution. Daryl, I think we know where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not. Like, no, it, it, it's a Gerhard. I think. Which race? I was just, uh, yeah. I was just seeing, saying to uh, Alan, either race, whichever race he goes for, I, 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 I'll take him on. If he goes for the two, two and a half mile, the Ballymore, he's every winner of the last 10 years, for example, at least has won over two and a half miles before going to the Ballymore, right? He hasn't. Seven-year-olds have got a terrible record in the Ballymore. They've got a terrible record in the Supreme. This is the hottest Supreme we've seen for years. They've got a terrible record in that. Not just that, but he clung on in that champion bumper last year, right? Absolutely clung on from a great ride by Rachel. He then goes to Punchdown and Kilcrook reverses the form, quite rightly so. He's then come out and won a Mickey Mouse maiden hurdle. And then he's just beaten um, three-stripe life by six lengths. And if you go back to that champion bumper, you're only beaten by eight lengths. And free strike life clattered the, the last hurdle. I don't believe he's improved for going over hurdles. I think he's a talented horse, but I think there's other horses that are going to improve past him next week. And uh, I think he's well over, well not overrated, but I just think for these particular races, I think uh, I think he's a lay. Oh, I like that a lot. And for either race as well. Because if he was going Ballymore, I, I would be I would be against him therefore because I think he's a supreme horse, but trying to split them up. But for both races, then for Daryl to take on Sagarha, which is a big shout. We like that a lot. Dan, anything from you? I'm thinking, and it's purely price related rather than anything against this horse, but I think it's probably Fasal Vega. Mm-hmm. Because I think they were never who was the one horse that is the potential to be over in this market it's the thing out of Quivega that's just yeah. won by 20 wickets at, um, at, at the Dublin Racing Festival but America Mike's still an untapped talent and as everybody knows I'm a massive Redemption Day fan I do think Redemption Day could have done in that bumper what Vassal Vega did and won sixes I don't really want to lay horses that have got a very good chance of winning but I don't think there's, there are great options on this at odds on. And Fasal Vega is the one who I could, just because of the unknowns with the others. I mean, it's not out of the question that something improves a stone and beats 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 Fasal Vega. So I'll go that way. Well, I like that. And I was actually, I was listening back to our bumper podcast there the other day. And the pair of us, Dan, both said, uh, we both tried to take on Fasal Vega at Leopardstown. Didn't really serve as well, but I'm sure we'll do it again. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> From that price, yeah, with a big fan of Redemption Day, it's Vassal Vega for Dan. Now, Neil Dawkins, he has three questions, actually, for us. So, well done, Neil, firing Cheeky us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one, of those press, one of those COVID press conferences where the, the, the reporter, just, just ask one question, please, yeah. and answer. What, what are you asking for? Just raise your hand. Yeah, <laughs> Neil is following that through now, but for Cheltenham instead, yes, he's got three, so we'll split them up for you, Neil, but don't worry, fair play to you um, for all providing us with all of this content. So, first question he begins with, how do you see the Supreme playing out? Who leads, close up, late run, etc.? So, Daryl, would you like to explain how you think the Supreme is going to play out? Yeah, I think Dysart Dynamo is going to try and make the run in. Um, Dysart Dynamo has, ki- has killed his races in the mid in the midsection of the race, so from the beginning to the midsection, and then he's, then he's sort of sauntered home a little bit. Um, he's going to probably try and do that again. 
I, I think likes Constitution Hill. I think you can put him anywhere in a race. I think he'll be relaxed. He jumps well. I don't think you, need, you can go anywhere. I think he'll be more prominent than low. Um, John Bon, I think, will probably be held up. He's quite a buzzy horse. Um, yeah, I, I don't think Jet Hard will go. I think he'll go to the Ballymore. Um, yeah, Kill Crook might force a pace as well. Um, I think it'll be a very, very truly run race. That's for sure. Yeah, so so in truly run race terms, Danny, after anything, then that might come. No, the double day. Yeah. Dice that will, will, that's just his running style, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and to be honest, that's a, a method that has served this stable very well down the years. Most, I know Ebba Zion back in the day was held up and delivered late, but think of Butto, Duvan, um, Faheen, all horses that have won this race for the Mullins is having been ridden aggressively. Yeah, oh, and Alan agree with that. Sorry, then? Mighty Potter will be mm. will be held up for a late run, I suspect. They yeah. know he gets the trip very, very well, don't they? So uh, mm. I think he'll be hoping that it, it sort of falls into his lap a little bit. Yeah. Do you think that would be the case in Alan? Mighty Potter potentially then? It could be. It's going to be a tactically fascinating race, isn't it? Because if Dicer Dynamo repeats what he did at Punchestown, the jockeys behind him are going to have to you know, decide if and when they can go after him and if they can get to him. So it's, yeah, it's going to be a tactically fascinating race. And I'd imagine whoever gets past Dyson Dynamo will know if they've been in a race. Yeah, definitely. That's going to take it out of them. Nonetheless, that's a Westerner. Right. Next question from Neil. Any claiming jockeys worth looking out for at the festival? Dan, I'll chuck this one to you. Claiming jockeys. Uh, hopefully Rob James. Because yeah. He's riding one of the horses that me and Daryl are particularly sweet on. Um, I think there is. I think Niall Houlihan's possibly the best mm. in Britain, but it's it's not like Gary's going to have loads of likely runners, so he's probably not one for them. But yeah, Rob James is going to be an Irish kid, isn't it? I mean, yeah. not just in nationality, but somebody who's riding for Irish yards, just because we know yeah. they're going to have more winners. Yeah, yeah. Any of the other two lads are Daryl or Aaron? Uh, Daryl or Aaron? Who's Aaron? Uh, Alan. <laughs> you can go, Daryl. <laughs> uh, Jordan Gainford normally normally mm. picks up a, a couple of shrewd yeah, rides. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, Rob James, James, yeah, same as Dan. No, it was just fo- follow, followed it extra Willie Mullins because there's always a couple of five, five or three pound claimers lurking down at the bottom who yeah. were very good, very good value. Mm-hmm. Sean O'Keefe was a very sort of optional effect yeah. last year and such like. So yeah, watch out for him in, in the Martin fight then again. Now, Alan, back to you for Neil's final question. How far does Coppolis win the county by? <laughs> He's being very <laughs> bullish here. <laughs> Not even if it will win. Um, oh, yeah. This far- must have been targeted at Dan because he's very sweet on him, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can... Uh- I just love yeah, I just love that horse. He's got a load of ability. Again, he's he's a bit like an appreciate it. Not really sure where he's been and what state he's in, but I mean, he's a he's a seriously well handicapped. I actually hope that he was ready to go three months ago, and they've just thought, why blow his mark in a lesser handicap when we're definitely going to win the county. <laughs> yeah. There we go. There you go. All right then. So so not quite how far, but Dan keen on him as well though nonetheless right rob norwood is up next how much attention do you pay to previous cheltenham form do you think it's an advantage to have had a previous run at the course before the festival so there are lots of last year's festival winners that are expected to win their races again this year how much emphasis do you put on previous cheltenham form not loads but i do think it is an advantage to a degree um perhaps not last year because there was no crowd but more and so for the prelims um it's a completely different atmosphere for a lot of these horses to take in for the first time. Um, so I do think it's an advantage in that sense. Um, but I think I've read something the other day in the, in the Cheltenham Focus column, I think 53% of horses um, in the last 26 years have won having previous course form. 
uh, 47% not. So it's not a massive factor. Uh, I think a lot of people like it as a bit of a comfort pillow, though. It just gives you a little bit more confidence knowing that the horse handles the track. Um, but I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a massive thing, but it, it always helps to have it on your side. Yeah, no, it does definitely. Dan, would you be of that uh, same mindset then, Cheltenham Paul Mice? We've lost that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, no, no, I am, I am still here. Um, I was just dreaming of Cider Burley. Um, <laughs> <laughs> weren't we all? Um, weren't we all? Uh, I, I do consider it, but to be honest, I, I just view each case on its merits and view everything in the round and... If you've got the Cheltenham form, as a horse like Cider Burley does, all the better. But I would never start by thinking, oh, this horse has Cheltenham form, or this horse doesn't have Cheltenham form. I can't possibly have it. I just view each horse differently. Yeah, yeah, I think that's very fair to... Uh, but to be honest with you, I am siding with previous Cheltenham Festival winners. So basically do exactly what they did again this year. Flooring Porter, Alaho, Honeysuckle, just do exactly what they did last year. Uh, Steve Cookson asks, best bet lay of the meeting and long shot from each of you. So we've already had our best lay question earlier on from John Clay, but Steve is asking for a best lay bet from each of us and a long shot. So I'll go, my best lay bet is Bob Ollinger for me and long shot is irascible. 20 to 1 for the Coral Cup if he goes there instead of the Martin Pipe and the County. So Dan, lay and long shot please. Yeah, sort of covered like I'm, I'm struggling to think of a, a bona fide long shot. Um, is Easy's land big enough? He's out of most people's minds, isn't he? Yeah. Um, Paisley Park, I've put up at the start of the series, but mm. he's shorter now. No, I'm, um, I'm, a, I'm a fat backer, apparently. That's right. And your late, and your late from earlier on, though, was. Um... Uh, if it was anything, it'd be Fasal Vega. That was it. Yeah, yeah. That was it. Fasal Vega from earlier. Alan, lay and long shot, just to reiterate, and long shot. Lay Constitution Hill in the Supreme and long shot El Fabiolo, if it rocks up in the county. It was very impressive on New Year's Day in Tremor, where Willie Mullins nearly went through the card again. So <laughs> I was hoping he would go to the Ballymore. Hopefully. Well, I, I think wherever he run, he'll run a big race. Yeah, it, was, okay. um, yeah. it, it was very impressive. So El Fabiolo for me. Maybe oh, I thought of one. I thought of a maybe better one. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought of one. I mean, I mean, the prep that's gone into this is just, is just seconds ago. Um, <laughs> go to the go to the first day. Get the misery out of the way as quickly as possible. Uh, Harry Fry's horse in the in the Boodles, forever blessed. He'll be a Ooh. big price, and I think his marker one two four. The more luck, he's good. He was favourite for an for finale hurdle. And he, on pedigree, I mean, he never ran on the flat, but he's bred for the flat. Thought he might be a better horse away from background. So, yeah, him. He's 20. 20 I've just seen a 20 next to his name on yeah. Betfair, so. Yeah, yeah, 20s on, on the sports book there for Forever Blessed. Then. So, Dan has come back with one uh, there for the Boodles, then for Forever Blessed. Daryl, lay a long shot. Uh, yeah, lay, lay is shishkin, but lay's back. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not really interested in laying any of the other hot pots. Um, 50 to 1. Indefatigable in the stayers hurdle. Um, if there's a horse crying out for a really, really strong pace mm-hmm. over a trip that she improved at Weatherby when beating Proshima for, then it's definitely this horse. So she could outrun our odds uh, at a track she absolutely loves at Cheltenham. Um, so 50 to 1, she would be. But I just think there's a lot of like all the top horses have beaten each other, haven't they? And there's a, you know, you're trying to make solid cases for each one of these and that. I think it could end up asking for a bit of an upset with all of the quality that we've got at the top of the top of the market. It, 
take a chance at 50 to 1, I suppose, can't you? Yeah, she's a really big price, isn't she, with a Cheltenham mm. record then, indefatigable for the Mayor's Hurdle, then for Daryl. And so we will move on then with some of those long shots to our next question. This is from Shane. Just Shane. He's, he's like Maradona, is Shane? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Irish Maradona. That's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well done, Shane. Um, Irish trained winners. He asked, are under or over 20 for the week? Let's hope it's more even score, like 18-10. Now, this one could well hurt. So, Alan, I think it's only fair to put it to you as you're surrounded by three British team members here. So we're all interested to know your confidence. I better watch what I say now. So yep. <laughs> um, I think under. I don't think that the Irish will have as They're good a festival. The <laughs> well, well, in fairness, you, you could win the first... They could win the first two races and then we could be staring down the barrel of Constitution yeah. Hill and Edwardstone both, both obliged. But oh, I think we're going to start brilliantly. <laughs> I said I before, that, that's like when Sam, Sam Marino scored after nine. <laughs> before, beaten 9-1. But it's all, all going well. I just think the way the, the English handicapper, I know we touched on it in a couple of pods during, during the series, but the, his tendency to kind of drop horses more readily now Mm. makes the handicaps definitely more interesting. Because we can't I, get into them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think I, I think Ireland will have a, another good festival, but I think over 20 would be would be just stretching, even, even for our lofty standards in the last couple of years. Wonderful. So there you go. Clip that out, please. An Irishman <laughs> saying under 20 for the Irish. I'll be, I'll be sick come Thursday evening when we've gone through six of the seven races each day yeah don't fly home though alan you're in you're in the right country as we record right now though to be saying that anyway so well chosen right craig warns asks will the jockey bookings make you change your mind or make you fancy the horse because of it so daryl jockey bookings do you factor that in um no not really uh unless it's a particular jockey that i try to avoid um, but I won't won't say any names. <laughs> um, no, 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 not really. I'm more unless unless I'm looking at a horse that I know needs a certain jockey because he, he gets on extremely well with him or she gets on extremely well with him. But no, not really. It's just the last thing I look at. I'd rather know, rather weigh up all the conditions for the horse and, and you know the class of the horse and what he's up against. That all comes before jockey bookings for me. Yeah, I think that's probably general consensus, really, isn't it? Unless you've got some of the amateur races and you're really looking to, to for the Maxi. jockey, then. Pardon? I think the, the, the key, the, yeah, Maxi. Uh, the key, the key race for jockey bookies probably though is this Supreme, isn't it? Because yeah, Mark has kind of gone bonkers based on what Townend goes for. Because he's got three viable options. Mm-hmm. And if Townend rides Shack and Pussoir instead of an argument in the Champion Chase, mm. what that is going to do? This could be all over the place. So yeah, potential gravitas, but not really if you're just looking at general selections. Then for you, Craig, Mark Jordan asks, how many winners will the UK trainers have? Dan, please give us some confidence. Oh gosh, <laughs> um, I don't know. It's a bit. It's, it feels slightly pure, doesn't it? They're gonna. Get, I don't really. As Calvin says, I don't really care where they trade. To be honest, as long as I back them. I'm not really that <laughs> um, but yeah, and that said, I did write a, a long article about it in the aftermath of the festival last season when it was very embarrassing in part. But I don't know. I'd just be completely guessing. I'll say ten. Oh, nice. No, that's all right. We can cope with that. Yeah, eighteen right. ten. I take I take that at this stage to be honest. So yes, wonderful then. So there's a, there's a bit of confidence for us then, Mark. Paul Smith asks: Are six odds on favourites a week before the festival an indication that we already have too many races and not enough good horses to run them in? Surely a fifth day makes this even worse. So Alan, 
Scotland, fifth day, for or against it? And do you think the fact that we have those odds-on favourites a week out showcases that we have too much racing? Against strongly okay. from a, from a personal point of view oh, like, right, it, it's 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 just crazy like I mean if you think take the champion chase the Ryanair and the Gold Cup I remember growing up watching races and the big question was like the likes of one man would he would yeah, he get yeah. to go would he get the Gold Cup trip he come there cruising just you know fall, and then would a champion chase he would it, exactly but but he would never he would never get that opportunity nowadays because you get automatically Ryanair, just going to the Ryanair. So um yeah, yeah the, the dilution of Cheltenham is not is not something that I'm, I'm in favour of. I like to see no, no horse has the divine right to have a perfect race no. from at Cheltenham, do they? No, <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, uh, this horse is really effective at 18 furlongs. Like, yeah. like we need a two and a quarter hour race. So just no. But you're, you're splitting everything up and suddenly no one's taking on anybody, and then you're putting everybody mm. into a little, you know, kind of block, but I want to see the best horses take take each other on, you know, a bit yeah. like Bob Ollinger and Gallup and the Shams, you know, le- less, the less is more. The domination from the top yards would just go through the roof as well with another day, yeah. wouldn't it? Because they've just got so much more firepower. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's it. And all the extra trainers calling for another fit for a fifth day. It doesn't mean you're going to get any better opportunities. No, no. Probably make it worse, therefore. But yeah, do you think, um, Daryl, do you think that the fact we have these odds on favourites a week out is because we have too much racing? No, I think because they're bloody good horses. Um, but I, I'm not in favour of a five-day five day festival. Yeah. It will come, though. I don't care what anyone says. It will come oh, yeah. because it comes down to money. And it comes down to the fact that um, the jockey club need to support all their other sporting courses around around the country, which have very low attendances normally during the week. So it's it, it's inevitable it's going to happen. Um, but I, I, I don't agree. I think there should be less. This is another subject. But I think there should be less racing throughout the year. If you're going to have, have, have a, a five-day festival, you, the you only can't... way five can work for me, I'll be palatable, is if they make sure it's only six races a day. So yeah. we're not yeah. going up. Yeah. I was going to say, what what race would you could see? Had you could have it like a two and a half mile hurdle to to split the champion yeah. hurdle and the, the stairs oh, hurdle. Yeah, then. <laughs> and you get the um, the race they binned off last um, last time. Take a seller on. Can sell around. <laughs> <laughs> can sell around there. Uh, yes, but none of us basically in favour of the five days, but it's going to happen uh, regardless of what we say. Michael Toms again, actually, because we've had Michael Toms on earlier on. Gordon Elliott, seven to two, top trainer. Is that a good bet, Daryl? Uh, I have no idea. To be honest, I haven't. I haven't looked no, at no, it from no, that no. point of view. Um, nice to know we've got a fan of the show though, Michael Toms. Go on, lad. <laughs> I know, he's reappearing again and again. Fair play. Would anyone, Alan or Daryl, would you take um, 7-2 for Gordon, top trainer? Not, not, I haven't, like, honestly, I haven't looked at it. So I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know. Uh, I wouldn't even know if that's good value or not at the moment. Well, he, well, he is sending 55 horses. That's his, his biggest squad yeah. ever. So it's just in terms of its quantity or quality. But I, I'd imagine he'd be itching to get a, get, get a couple of winners anyway. So he won't, it's not he always about the size out. of the number, Alan. That that's very true now. <laughs> Swiftly moving on. Chris Osborne asks, what big price horse do you think could cause an upset? So Dan, back to you for this very good question, please. Big price horse you think could cause an upset? Oh yeah, Mr. Outsider that I'm not. Um, I, will, <laughs> I just mentioned it briefly, didn't I? I mean, Gaelic Warriors is a very sharp price favourite and possibly deservedly so if the talk of we thought he'd be rated 140 and he's rated 129, but I've, I've, I've extolled the virtues of the physical specimen that is Petit on air, but I am I am warming to forever blessed from his mark. I think he's one of the few British that could conceivably have a few pounds to play with. Yeah, 20 to one sportsbook then. 
for Dan's selection. Paul Robinson asks, oh, Lay of the Festival, we've already covered this um, a couple of times in our previous questions, Paul, so hopefully we have already answered those for you. Al Dudman then asks, what's the biggest price any of the pod team, if they had an in-running or defeated bet? Any Mount Iders or 101s? And what's the best in-running horse for this year? Right, so I'm pretty sure Al is after your best bet or your best and worst in-running betting story. So Alan, any one for terrible in-running stories? Terrible. Champagne fever in the arc. <laughs> still. Go. Oh, God, yeah. Western yeah. Warhorse. Yeah. Still, still, yeah. still go to bed quivering how he how got <laughs> beat. Greatest round of jumping you'll ever see out of a novice and somehow still manages to get, to I, get nutted. So that was, yeah, that's... That, that's that's my worst so slightly up there with Harchibald as well in the champion hurdle mm-hmm. so I can still see the pain though still <laughs> just break my heart so yeah those th- th- two for me Alan hasn't recovered Daryl <laughs> um, I haven't really got any hard luck stories like that um, I did back Fernie Hallow in the champion bumper in running at 40 to 1 um, so, so that was a bit of a success story. Uh, yeah. Just to mention, Al Dudman is a, a, a Ben. He's a good lad, yeah. yeah he's, very good. he's a great lad, and uh, he does an excellent daily double column um, on, on the website. Definitely go and check that out because uh, he, he's fantastic at doing it. But uh, no, Fernie Hallow's my, my claim to fame on this. On this, I'm afraid, and that's it. That's a, no, that's that's a blooming good one. Goodness me, I reiterate that every second I got. Dan, any stories from you? Um, somebody put the video up the other day on Race, Race TV tweeted it of Straw Bear getting chinned by Noel and that was good but it, it's it's Goshen by an absolute mile oh, never be. <laughs> oh yeah I forgot about Goshen sorry Dan I forgot about that <laughs> yeah. his price when I ever backed at Cheltenham was a new story in the cross country but there was no there was no in running tail with that it was just I thought it was a bit overpriced yeah and then Dan best in running horse for this year anything I mean Daryl's got our angle with Shishkin for um, laying back then but any for in running um, this year? Field if he's going to win, he's going to come under pressure before Volban, yeah. isn't he? That's yeah. quite obvious. Um, I think Redemption Day will probably tank into the bumper. He could mm-hmm. be a back to lay. But yeah, it's not really the way I play it anyway. I tend to be uh, old duck or no dinner, as they say. <laughs> No, and and Alan, any any you're scared of then for him running play? I think Jordan with me. It'd be interesting to see how, how he gets on if if he runs in the Valley more. You know, people weren't too impressed with his with his last run, but um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he goes. You can imagine him coming coming under pressure up the top of the hill, um, and maybe staying on for for a place or even or even getting a win. So Jordan with me. Yeah. Okay, they're pretty good questions then that you've all had to ask because that's us wrapped up in terms of the question. So all there is left to get then from the lads is their naps and their best bets. So just to spite Alan, I'm going to go Constitution Hill <laughs> and Supreme for my nap. You're welcome, Alan. Uh, but I do also think Seal Denage now is, is as solid as possible for the Grand Annual now that Brave Siaska is going down the Arkle route as of today. But I also really like Top Bandit in the county. Panda Boy, I like for the Potemps and Brazil for the Boodles, because why not just keep chucking names at you for the handicaps? Uh, so there's plenty, plenty from me then. Daryl, your nap and best bets, please. Uh, my nap is undoubtedly Sire de Berlay in the Potemps. <laughs> I think he's a smashing each way bet. Uh, I can't see him out of the five or six, whatever you're going to get on the day. Um, I think I'm, wor- I'm, I'm waiting to see where State Man goes, but Langerdown has to, has to go close in the Martin Pipe. And I would say uh, Jericho Rock in the Kim Muir. I think he's got a fantastic arm. He's got about ten pounds in hand in that compressed handicap. Yeah, to be fair, you have you have said about him quite a, a few times and on this podcast. So good ones then from Daryl Allen. Nap and best bets. Gallop and the Shumps is my nap. Um, El Fabiolo 
I think will run a big race wherever he turns up. Brave man's game in the three-miler for our own Betfair ambassador, Paul Nichols, and then Galvin in the Gold Cup. I think he's going to run a very, very big race. Like it a lot. Dan, nothing best bets. Uh, Edward Stone amongst the shorties. Um, I like Ellie May. Saida Burley is certainly up there. And me struggling for bigger part. I'll, I'll, I'll say Epitone in the without favourite market, either each uh, each way or on the day, if they'll be offering four places even. That's that's an angle I quite like in that race. Yeah. So really, there's many, many differing opinions there. So hopefully that has not helped you in any way listening <laughs> out there. But plenty for you to get your team stuck into and plenty of opinions sent from the lads. So that is all of us. That's everything then all wrapped Aww. up. This <laughs> but not quite, Dan. Oh, not quite. Not- because we were without Bryony on this week's show. However, Beth had still managed to catch up there. Alan, you caught up there, actually, didn't you yourself? I did Yeah. I'm delighted once again to be chatting to Betfair ambassador, Bryony Frost. Bryony, we're nearly here. All the chat and talk will come to an end soon enough. But how are the nerves? Are we looking forward to, to next week? Ah, uh, yeah. N- nerves nerves are not here yet, um, <laughs> nor the butterflies. But the excitement is is definitely starting to grow. We just this morning we were up at the links in the sunshine at Newmarket, um, sitting on young horses and and uh, and Mortella Sky and Gravestone there, just doing their last bit of schooling. Um, so yeah, no, it's all it's all getting quite exciting. Yeah. And it's a, it's, br- it's a brilliant time, isn't it? As you said, like, everything's going according to plan now. It must be kind of a, a tense enough time, isn't it? You don't kind of have any phone calls in, in the middle of the morning or late at night from, from trainers saying a, a horse is, is stood on a shoe or something like that. So uh, <laughs> This is it. And you also don't want to be calling the trainers and said you've had a fall at home <laughs> or on the track and your, and your bus. But look, uh, where do you draw lines like that? You could you could fall over walking down the stairs, which is more than likely for me to do. So <laughs> you just gotta you just got to ride the wave, yeah. Exactly, and hopefully Frodon will, will will line up in the in the ultimate now. I know Paul was saying that the ground is soft, 